Welcome to More Than Work, the podcast reminding you that your self-worth is defined by more than your job title. I'm Rabia, an IT project manager, comedian, nonprofit volunteer, and sometimes activist. Every week, I'll chat with a guest about pursuing passions outside of work or creating meaningful opportunities inside the workplace. As you listen, I hope you'll be inspired to do the same. Here we go. Hey everyone. So this is a kind of a quick episode for me actually. It's clocking in at under 40 minutes if I don't take too long here. We'll see what I do with that. And it's with a guy who's actually a millennial. He talks about being a millennial. His podcast is about that and just how he's navigating and we talked a little bit about why he chose that topic and his age group to focus on and it was interesting because I think we talk a little bit about it, but millennials have gotten a bad rap and they're definitely people that everyone makes fun of, but they're, you know, in some cases three years younger than me. So I don't really know why, for example, I think I'm superior, but I think that, you know, millennials are getting older and it's a huge group of people. They're in the workforce. They're almost 40 now. So it was interesting to talk to maybe a younger millennial about things and just to talk to someone who's really early in their career and who pivoted out of corporate because I've talked to a lot of people who have been, in jobs for years and years before getting out and doing their own thing. And so this is a younger person who did that. And I really liked getting a different perspective on it. I'm not going to do too much at the start, just because I think what I want people to get out of it is that you can learn from anyone. And I don't think we often, I'm 42, so I don't often maybe listen to younger people and think that they're going to be wise and someone I can listen to and learn from. But they are just as much as someone older, just someone my age is. And so I really appreciate that I had the opportunity to talk to Sammy. I mentioned I listened to his podcast. I was listening. I was at the gym. And the gym is something I've struggled with for years and fitness and working out and all that. And so it's been good to kind of go. But I was listening to his podcast about working out while I was working out. And it actually really resonated with me and really helped me. And so I've thought back to what one thing he was saying on there at that time that we'll get into more. So that's a big thing I want people to take away from this episode. And then just also, again, that whole thing of just kind of figuring out what you want to do. Sammy has some great advice about how he likes to spend the end of his day reflecting. I hope people just really enjoy this episode. I want to dedicate this episode to a friend who passed away, Richie Hanna. He was a fan of the pod. He did listen to it. I actually, it's funny. I was planning on doing the podcast last year and I had just come up with a name when I went to visit him up in Scotland. And he was the first person that I was getting to see from home in nearly a year at that point, because we were in the pandemic and you were able to travel in September a little bit. And so I went up to Scotland and I got to see someone and it meant a lot. And I was planning the podcast. And I'm sorry, but I'm a little emotional. So I had just come up with the name. And I believe Rob had just come up with the logo. And it was just really cool to share the idea with someone. And Richie was someone I was going to have on eventually. So um, I didn't get to do that. But anyway, we had a good time. I got to see his hometown of Helensburg in Scotland, which is 
where Ben Ellis, who Ben Ellis, I interviewed on my first season. He's the bass player for Iggy pop and um, a sound engineer and a bass player outside of Iggy pop as well. And they grew up in the same town and, and this is a small world connection I had made in Camden. And, and so I went to visit Richie saw his hometown. He's someone I worked with in San Diego, by the way, uh, almost 20 years ago. And then we went to Glasgow and we did a street art tour, which I love doing street art tours and had some Thai food and had a good time. And I found out today that he passed away. So this episode is for him. And I guess the other takeaway I want people to have is to make sure you see the people you want to see, you tell the people you want to tell that you love them uh, because life is too short. So enjoy this episode. Richie, this one's for you. This week's guest is Sammy Wariot, and he's the host of Successful Millennials Podcast, among other things that we're going to get into. How are you doing, Sammy? I'm doing great, Rabia. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, thanks for being here. So uh, where am I talking to you from today? I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, so a little bit of a time difference between us. It's middle of the afternoon for me here, mm-hmm. but yeah, I've been on the East Coast pretty much my whole life. Nice. And you went, I saw just in research and people should know that us podcasters do our research. So you went to Georgia Tech, correct? That's correct. Yeah, I graduated six years ago in computer science and really just didn't know what I wanted to do. And that's kind of why I decided computer science would be something that I can do anything because IT is in every industry and every business. And I'll figure out what I want to do with work after graduation. And I guess that's kind of where like your podcast was really intriguing for me because there's the work aspect of it. And then there's something that's outside of work. And I started realizing, Mm -hmm. identifying myself with my job and my role and then how that impacts you as a person and your mental health was just like, oh, I didn't you'd even think about that at 16, 17 or whenever you go into college. No, not at all. And you don't, I mean, it's funny you chose a major that reflected kind of, oh, I too would be anywhere. And I think for me, I majored in political science and mm. at the time wanted to be a lawyer. So it was a very specific path. And when that path didn't work out, mostly because I just decided I didn't want that path anymore by the time I was 22 then it was like, where did I go? So that's good that you kind of had some foresight not to choose a very specific path, but it's also, yeah, at that young age, how are we supposed to know what we want to do? Yeah. And it's like, now you think about it and it's like, I had to ask the teacher to go to the bathroom. And then two months later, you want me to decide (laughs) on what I'm going to do with the rest of my life? Like, (laughs) it doesn't make any sense. But when you're young, you're just like, college is for everybody. And not, not really, it shouldn't be right. Like everybody should know what they want to do. And if they don't, Mm -hmm. In my opinion, take something that you can go anywhere and don't change your major like a hundred times because now I don't even remember computer science. I've moved around so many different times and now the podcast and stuff like I don't really code ever. So Mm -hmm. it's just it's, you know, something to have as a backfall, but you don't really need it. And your major isn't extremely important. Maybe that's a controversial opinion, but no, I, I mean, I agree unless the only thing I say usually about that is like if you're going to be a surgeon for right. example, you don't want a brain surgeon who says they studied astronomy primarily. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you'll be you'll be seeing stars for sure. That's gonna be it. <laughs> so, Sammy, I mean, when you started out, you you were did what a lot of us did. And it's funny. It's just kind of I'm almost talking to myself, but 20 years ago or something. But well, not that much. because I don't want to say I'm I'm not 46 yet, but you know, something like that. <laughs> 
and you got into the whole grind and you were working like crazy and mm-hmm. you identified early that wasn't good for you. So can you talk about just kind of what, what all that was like for you when you first got out of school? Yeah. So in the beginning I started out and I was like really kind of a lazy worker. I was like, there's going to be so long for me to get up this ladder and make six figures or get into leadership. So what's the point? Mm-hmm. And then a mentor actually eventually started showing me some books and I got into reading and then he kind of stuck his neck out for me when I was going to leave the the company and actually kind of talk to the CIO and I was able to move teams. And in my mind, I was like, wow, this guy like is banking on potential that I don't see in myself and like clearly not performing uh, great enough to, for him to do that. But I have I can't let him down. So then I started mm-hmm. working, working really hard. And, and then it was just like a part of me because one, I didn't want to let him down. And then two, I started liking what I was doing. And then it really started kind of compounding and rolling in. But when that job kind of didn't evolve in terms of, you know, we had bad quarters financially and there was no room for growth anywhere. And they were actually kind of starting to do layoffs. I left and I had to start over. Mm. And when I started over at a new company, I was doing the same thing where I was like, okay, I I like this working hard thing. I want to keep moving forward and keep going. And then leadership was not really, I guess, excited or happy about that type of mentality. And it was Mm -hmm. kind of like pushing you down, it felt like. And that's when it really started affecting my mental health. And that's when it really clicked like, okay, I can't identify myself as a senior data analyst. Like that was my role. And that was who I was. Yeah. And then it because it started affecting everything with my job wasn't doing good. I would stop going to the gym. I would stop my reading. I would stop my pod, uh, like listening to podcasts. I would stop doing anything that I liked doing because mm-hmm. my work life was not was not good, and therefore my identity was in shamble, if you will. So mm-hmm. that's when it really hit me, and that was about twenty eighteen, nineteen. And then I left that role, thankfully, and I started like, okay, figuring out what can I do on the side to help get that urge back, you know, get that drive back, and and scatter my identity if you will to a collection of things and really mm-hmm. help that's helped improve my mental health i would say not like stake everything in one role or one identity because we're everything we're a brother we're a sibling we're sometimes mm-hmm. father husband or etc obviously reverse roman but you're a multitude of things not just your role that you're currently at mm-hmm. yeah i i definitely agree with that and when you left your corporate job i mean as far as financially, was that scary for you? And you're, you know, I think I've talked to people who are older in their career and more established in their career, but not someone younger in their career who decided to go and do their own thing. So I'd like to know more about how that was for you. Yeah, it was like, I want to say I did it smart enough. I was part of the other things I do as a financial coach. I got better at being good at my personal finance. So like I cleaned out my debt. I was investing at an early age. I had like saved up an emergency fund. And when I realized that corporate wasn't the answer for me, I started really saving even more. Mm -hmm. So like I built up a nest egg of a couple years of, you know, income where I can, if I make $0, I'll be okay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I can't figure it out in like two years, then maybe it's not for me, but I don't think that's going to happen. Right. So that was, uh, I think a saving grace because a, a lot of people, yeah, if they just take the leap without that sort of nest egg, I wouldn't do that. Like I'm very risk averse. So mm-hmm. it would be, you'd be on kind of like eggshells the entire time trying to sell or trying to do anything. And it, it's not very good. Like the customer will be able to see that. And kind of just like when you go into a job interview and you don't have a job, you seem desperate. You kind of give off that type of energy, uh-huh. even if you don't mean to. So 
it that's what kind of helped me uh, just just building up that financial picture so that I can take the risk and and try this and if it works it's awesome if it doesn't then we'll figure it out years down the line but it's been going pretty well now it's almost four months awesome and well that's great and then one thing you've talked about before and you just mentioned a little bit was getting into debt and I think depending on how you finance your school you can start out your adult mm-hmm. life and out I think, you know, you're have different phases of being an adult, but your adult life in major debt, plus then maybe other debts, like not just school debt. And so how did you work on getting out of that? Because I know people now who still have that problem. I I just straightened myself out probably two years ago, personally, because I was always in some cycle of, you know, had a job that paid more, spent more, Mm -hmm. had a job that paid less, Mm -hmm. still spent whatever (laughs) yeah it's it's like it's pretty bad because like there was a recent survey that happened and the average millennial doesn't have a positive net worth until they're 31 wow which means your entire 20s you're in debt and that's just like very very hard to to believe but then you think like student loans are are huge and then car Mm -hmm. loans and everything for me i was lucky i had some scholarships and i had summer internships that paid so i was able to graduate college with relatively little debt and then I bought a car before I even started working and credit cards started piling up. <laughs> and so like those things happen. But yeah. I, I became pretty intentional of I don't like car payments. So after a couple of years, I sold my car, bought an Ultima Cash. And you now that's been awesome for me. I like it. And it's no payment for three years. That one purchase has saved like $700 a month because yeah. of car payment and car insurance and, and extra gas and stuff. So like... That one decision saved me over $15,000 over the two years I had remaining. And decisions like that can really help, especially if you're not like into it. Like for me, I'm not even a car person. Like I love traveling. And we talked Mm -hmm. a little bit before we started recording. I have an upcoming trip planned that's for a couple of weeks because that to me is what gives me life. So if you want to say drive a nicer car or drive this Ultima and travel for three weeks, I'll I'll take the Ultima every day and travel. So (laughs) you have to figure out what you kind of like to do with your money. And then avoid at all costs the impulses and the lifestyle creep that comes up with every raise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's oh, I like that lifestyle creep. That was mm-hmm. that would have been a good phrase to have. I lived in New York City when I was oh, in my wow. early thirties, and there you there it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, because if you make a little bit more, then you move a little bit closer to Midtown or something like that, mm-hmm. right? Or to the cooler part of Brooklyn or wherever people are, but. That's a that's a good phrase. So lifestyle creep, and it's just keeping up with people, you know. Mm-hmm. And you see that, you see everybody do that. It's not just young people oh, yeah. or older people or anything. It's everyone's mm-hmm. doing that. And I think the pandemic helped it a little bit because everyone was just kind of at home in their various activewear, mm-hmm. you know. But now it's going back. Yeah, the keep it up with the Joneses mentality or lifestyle creep. It's all used different words, but it's the same idea where. How does this person react? And let me try to catch up to them. Mm-hmm. So with the financial advising, which is what you're doing now, how did you go from changing your own finances to thinking that this was something you could go and pivot and make a living from, first of all? I think it's because a lot of people focus on the knowledge it takes to budget. And it really isn't that like it's common sense, right? Like, don't spend more than you make. And everybody knows that. And everybody knows not to go out and spend more than you make and do all this impulse decisions. But it's the discipline that really needs 
to not do that is what I think people are, are lacking or the behavior is what people need some help on. And so I feel like in my life, I've been pretty good at just being disciplined at whatever I say I'm going to do, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And so that's where like when I wanted to leave Georgia Tech because it was too hard, I was like, I'll just stay stick through it, even though I don't like computer science or tech, I'll just finish it out. And so that's like a form of discipline. And mm-hmm. I feel like that helped me believe that I can force myself to do things that I maybe don't want to do in the moment for mm-hmm. a greater purpose down the line, like a delayed gratification. Same thing with like the gym, same thing with your finances and like making those decisions so that four or five years from now, when I have the goal of leaving corporate, I've already set myself up to do it. And I've seen what it's done for me mentally and in all your other aspects. And so that's why if I could teach people to do that delayed gratification, to build that discipline, it's not something that a lot of people, I feel like, do in this type of market. They teach the principles more. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I thought there's a, there's a room for me in this market and hopefully help people do what I'm doing and live, be financially free. Yeah. What impact has this had on you personally going and doing your own thing versus when you were clocking in every day, so to speak? I think the biggest thing was the, was the mental health uh, because of like, having something where you feel like you have the potential, but the ladder is closed because of somebody else, whether it be, you know, senior leadership, whether it be, you know, corporate has an idea that you can't leave a role until you've been there for two years or 18 months, just arbitrarily doesn't matter how many Mm -hmm. hours or skills you've learned. Uh, Those things were kind of frustrating and it didn't hit me until that second role in in 2018. And now the ability, like if I want to work harder, and make things go faster than I can. And that's really a a freeing thing. I think that was the biggest thing, like being able to control your own destiny for the, for, for real, like not being able to be tied down to somebody else. And that sounds nicer, but also on the flip side is you're really all alone on this boat and solopreneurship and entrepreneurship, especially in the early stages where even as a former introvert or current introvert, whatever you want to call it, it's, you need some sort of social kind of communication and working by yourself is different than working on a team and, you know, seeing people in the office. So that was the adverse effect of entrepreneurship. I'd say you're more alone and by yourself many hours of the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you don't have, you have to, do you have someone who's like a mentor now to you in this area? I, I don't have as much contact with them as I'd like. Mm -hmm. Um, everybody's on a, you know, different schedule, but I do think like I have two mentors now and I had, when I was in corporate, I had a couple of corporate mentors. So mm-hmm. it was just, you know, having to be able to balance them. Like it's calendar is different. Like today's a Saturday, but it might as well just be like a regular day because I'm working earlier and, you know, yeah. doing this. So it's like when you're in corporate, okay, Monday to Friday, you can almost guarantee that Friday after work, they're going to be free or Saturday morning or something. But mm-hmm. an entrepreneurship mentors, they could be busy any time of the day. And so can you. Yeah, that's true. But it's good if you just have someone to have connection with, because I think even in corporate, so to speak, like if you get a role where you're more of an individual contributor, you start to not be in the context of a team. And it's it's hard. It's Mm -hmm. difficult. Right. Do you consider yourself a financial coach then or what do you consider yourself? Yeah, I would say consultant or coach. Consultant. Like I'm not a advisor where I tell you what stocks to invest in and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to focus really on the discipline needed to become financially free via budgeting and via investing in general. Like I'm not going to say any stock, but figuring out how to 
set up your future so that you can do those stuff mm-hmm. and in more consultatory manner like i can handhold a little bit but i want you to learn everything and fire myself is the goal <laughs> nice and who's your ideal person that would come to you just in case someone's listening goes yeah this guy sounds like someone i would love to work with who's the ideal person i appreciate that um it would be somebody who feels like they know some of the principles doesn't know where to get started and feels like they just lack the discipline to hold themselves accountable to start mm-hmm. they they've done the research they've gotten excited but it hasn't really paid off and they just don't know how to hold themselves accountable and that's you know happens to a lot of people like so it's not like it's a bad thing some people feel like it's a negative aspect but if it were easy then you know everybody would be financially independent everybody would be extremely fit and go mm-hmm. to the gym every day discipline is not something that people are born with so somebody who wants to learn that and not like pass that out not like i want somebody to handle this for me cuz that's not what i do right you're more of an accountability partner kind of thing and here's some also some ways to do this mhm and you have a focus, so shifting over to your podcast a little bit or starting to go there, your focus of your podcast is on millennials. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because millennials do get a bad rap. I think it's mm-hmm. slowing down a little bit, maybe, <laughs> you know? I think it's because there's the Gen Zers coming in and yeah. they're getting the bad rep now. <laughs> yeah, because millennials are getting a little older. I'm I'm not a millennial. I'm a little older, so I don't know which one I am, but I'm 79, 1979, not 79 years old in case anyone... <laughs> I would look good for that, but, um, but yeah. So why do you focus on millennials other than the fact that you are one? What do you think is important about that? I think the age range that I specifically target in the millennials, just smaller bandwidth, I'd say it's like people in their mid twenties, they kind of grew up myself, obviously included. Cause I'm in that bucket. We grew up in an era where social media kind of occurred when we were in our high school age. So Like some of us, like myself, my first phone I got when I was 16, no texting, no pictures, Mm. right? No internet. Whereas the Gen Zers, you know, they had iPhones since they were five and the baby boomer or sorry, the Gen Xers or whoever's generation is before us maybe had that like in college. But it's, it's more of a fact that like that changed everything when we grew up and then in high school, things just changed and now everything shifted to online and, mm-hmm. you know, Facebook, online dating. And, but we kind of grew up in a way where we were before that. I still remember playing street hockey with the neighborhood kids every day after elementary school and middle school. We had a neighborhood camaraderie mm-hmm. where now that doesn't exist. So we get lost in transition because technology escalated the, the growing up, I guess, of an entire generation. So that's really what I wanted to focus on and, and figure out how we now in our early tw- or mid 20s have been in corporate for a couple of years, probably have graduated. And some people have kids, some people mm-hmm. aren't even married, some people are single parents, you know, it's everything is happening in their mid 20s. And they just don't know how to balance the five mm-hmm. categories that we talk about and, you know, money and happiness and health and relationships and career or purpose which is a big thing i think our generation focuses on is trying mm-hmm. to work in something that fulfills us my parents didn't care for that they were like whatever puts food on the table mm-hmm. i'll do even though it might be soul crushing for 40 years like, yeah our generation doesn't do that which is great because we shouldn't i agree and i think it's it's interesting because I, I was just talking to my friend the other day and he'll if he listens he'll know about this conversation just about how even with mental health there's a different conversation. And so if I'm having a rough time, I will more likely communicate that now where 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. I couldn't, it was just, Mm -hmm. 
suck it up. And that wasn't good because sucking it up just meant that you were just going to be really unhappy and possibly dangerous to yourself and others and stuff like that. And so now it's like, you're able to just say, yeah, my mental health was affected and I needed to do something about it. So I do like that, you know, that Mm -hmm. ability, but also the purpose thing, because I will tell you that people, and the reason this podcast exists is because people in my generation, which Mm -hmm. is not the boomers, (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) but yeah, boomer. No, but the, we are kind of in this weird in the in between too, which is funny mm-hmm. because we kind of did this whole grind when we were in our twenties. So it's hard to have empathy for people who are like, well, I'm not going to do this anymore because yeah. and I'm like, well, do it. Cause I had to, but then we're also in this generation that understands about mental health and understands purpose is important and understands what burnout's done to us. And mm-hmm. we don't want to 20 years on be retiring and, you know, kind of in a bad state and so i just i find it interesting to see the contrast between the generations but how you guys are kind of taking a lot of the things we still accepted in my generation and saying no and rejecting it that's pretty cool to be honest yeah if we don't i think it started with you guys though the boomers didn't care or maybe they cared and just like were like it doesn't matter and then you guys are like, oh, kind of resentful that you didn't do it. And now you're yeah. trying to do it. And then the millennials and even the Gen Zers, they're like, no way. I'll even step foot in corporate. I'm going <laughs> to just do it from my own from the beginning, which you know, I didn't do. But yeah, it got there eventually. Like it just the risk taking because the purpose and the meaning of fulfillment became like you have this podcast. But it's more than just work. Like mm-hmm. Who wants to work 40 years and doing something that they don't care for? Yeah, and then get a watch at the end of it or something. Yeah, now you don't even get the watch. (laughs) No, no. They're like, you have a clock on your phone. You don't need a watch. (laughs) Exactly. But so what are the five areas again? Sure. So there's money. There's physical and mental health. It's career slash purpose. It's all sorts of relationships. So familial, intimate, social. Mm -hmm. And then the final one is happiness. Okay, great. And on your podcast, then successful millennials podcast you focus different episodes on different ones of those so i'll tell everyone i was very meta today and i went to the gym and listened to your episode on working out but that was a solo episode which i've done Mm -hmm. those too so usually you interview people Mm -hmm. but what i liked about the episode is that though what you were talking about with working out doesn't apply to me directly like i'm not doing those exact things Mm-hmm. It was great to listen to you just share your experiences, your experience with injury, your experience mm-hmm. with, you know, just saying you're really working against yourself and that's your competition. And that helped me actually, because I was doing something mm-hmm. at the time and I go, oh yeah, you're right. I'm not competing with that person over there who looks amazing mm-hmm. or whatever. <laughs> so first of all, when you do the solo episodes versus ones where you're interviewing, how do you decide when to do that? And when you want to just project your message only? It's a great question. I appreciate you listening in. I hope it helped you in the workout. I, I think it's a matter of like, I try to keep it at the 30, you know, two thirds interviews, one third myself. Mm-hmm. And from a timing perspective, it's where I think that, you know, I haven't had that type of cadence in a while. So I don't, I have five categories and I try to focus an episode on one or two at max. Obviously they're all kind of related. So mm-hmm. it's it's hard to, to say, I'm just going to do one, but when I feel like I may have an expertise in a certain area, like if it's budgeting or like if it's gym and, and things like that, I feel like I can do an episode and, and provide a lot of value on my own. Sure. 
if it was an episode where it was, you know, how to make friends with anybody and increase your social circle, I had to bring in my friend who actually just passed the bar and became a lawyer Mm. who has like, he's probably the only person in the world who has over a thousand followers on Instagram and knows every single person. Like he's not an influencer. He just knows over a thousand people. Yeah. And he's just anywhere he goes, you could drop him in the middle of an island. He'll make friends with the locals and doesn't even need to know the language. He's just that type of guy. I'm definitely not. So I had to bring in a, a guest for that. I guess it's more topic related on something yeah. where I feel like a guest can provide a lot of value more than me. Then sure, let's just drop them in. Mm-hmm. If it's something that I feel like I can do enough on on my own, then I'll do that. Yeah. And what made you decide to start a podcast? I listened to podcasts for a while um, yeah. when I was commuting to work and I was like, this is really cool. And I think it's, it really helped me with not only mental health, but motivation helped me with understanding how to process emotions. There's a bunch of podcasts that I listened to that have all been really good. And I was like, well, I seen the impact it's had on me. And if I could do that to somebody else, that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. And in a similar way, kind of where my coaching business is, I don't want to handhold people that kind of can do it on their own. I want to teach them and let them go do it. Right. And then if it helps, it helps. It's awesome. So I feel like a podcast is a good way to do that better than let's say a book or something else where anybody can listen to podcasts while driving. And if it helps them, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I can just put it out there and, and help people do things that I feel like everybody cares about. Yeah. I mean, I agree. And I started mine for a similar reason is partly just to help and share the conversations that I was enjoying having with people, mm-hmm. you know, and creating more of those opportunities. Cause it is fun just to get to talk to people and to learn more about what they do and different aspects. Right. So yeah, that's really cool. So do you see yourself with your business and with the podcast? Do you see yourself starting to think about trying another business as well? I know what happens is a lot of entrepreneurs I talk to they end up just, Oh, now I have another idea. So how are you kind of controlling your urges maybe on that front? And also, like, do you have other ideas that you think you're going to try? Yeah, but uh, I'm not as huge of a shiny object person. So I think that's a good thing. But it's a bad thing where my creativity kind of lacks in terms of I don't I'm not a huge idea person. Mm -hmm. But I have like, you know, the podcast is a big one. The consulting and the and the coaching is, is another one. And I thought of travel blogging. I'm not the greatest at pictures, though, which is probably a, a <laughs> high barrier of entry. But I do love traveling. And I feel like if I can teach people how to enjoy the memories and teach them where to like to show them where to go would be really cool. But we'll have to see if I if it's is the juice worth the squeeze in terms of learning how to take great pictures and doing all that work. I don't know yet. So yeah. we'll, right now we'll just travel for fun and take pictures. And if it gets better, it gets better. And if it doesn't, then, you know, I'll just travel for myself anyway, because I, I love doing it. Yeah, no, and that's good. And sometimes when there's something you love so much, when you start turning it into work, then you change the whole dynamic and your whole exactly. relationship with that activity. So, yeah. So is there anything that you want to cover that we haven't? I think in terms of like, the, the identification of finding who you are outside of work is something that I love what your podcast is doing and what helped me figure out how to break that and mm-hmm. share it to help whoever else is listening is when you're driving in a commute to work, assuming we're back in the office for, I know some companies are now, mm-hmm. it, I don't listen to anything anymore. So I went through a stretch where I listened to a lot of podcasts and then I went through a stretch where 
I would just listen to nothing and reflect on the day, reflect on what went well and especially what didn't go well and how I handled that and why I handled it that way. And that really helps you build an awareness, a self-awareness of yourself. And Mm -hmm. then that figures out like what you would like to do maybe. And you just kind of let your mind ronder. And for me, I had like 45 minute commutes. So you can start to get into a rhythm and a flow and just let your mind wander for five, 10 minutes, but you know, it's a longer commute. So it, it'll eventually you'll find something and you'll uncover things about yourself. And then you just got to try it. Like hiking became something we talked about before. I'd never hiked. And then I tried it once because I thought, Oh, this might be cool. I like the outdoors. And yeah. I just went out and hiked that weekend. And then I was like, Oh, this is really fun. Let me do this more often. And now I hike all the time because it's something that I figured out through those reflection periods that I then started doing regularly. So like, I don't identify myself as a hiker, but I enjoy it. And so that kind of breaks, you break that piece off of you. And so that you're not just one thing in that one role, because mm-hmm. then you're tied to it. You don't want to leave that role because you're scared. What will you be when you leave it? Or if you get fired or if you quit, or then you'll, you'll be in a spiral of not knowing who you are. And that's just not what you want to do. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I like that idea of reflecting on what went well and what didn't go well. We have in software development, a retrospective you do at the end Mm -hmm. of a sprint, right? And the end of a period of time that you're working and it's what went well, what could be improved or what didn't go well, depending on how you want to frame it. And then what are the action items? And you almost did like a retrospective on your day, which is cool yeah see so you, you are a software. yeah you're a software guy sorry to tell you <laughs> we actually never did retrospectives it was on the calendar and never happened in it oh. i'm sure you've had those problems i i'm the project i was always the project manager so i had to run them so but yes oh, no. if, if they didn't happen it was my fault but yeah no that's a good idea do a do a retro on your day basically you know? yeah yeah and be open to what happens what comes out of that that's the whole thing too yeah, actually doing the thing that came out of it is probably the other thing. Like people are like, oh, okay, this will be nice. And then just forget about it. Just like mm-hmm. do it that weekend. And maybe you like it, maybe you don't. But you will never know until you try. You'll always be thinking about it. You'll be in that endless loop. Yeah. Oh, for sure. 100%. All right. And other than that, do you have any advice or mantra that you want to share that maybe you have some quote that you like or something like that? hard work beats talent when talent fails to work hard is probably my favorite quote uh, tim notke and it's pretty much goes in the same line with discipline and you know kobe Mm. bryant loves that quote and well you know obviously rest in peace but like it's just work harder than the next person without burning yourself out because you're doing things that you want to do and Mm -hmm. it won't feel like work is a cliche but just continue to work hard and don't worry about the talent other people have you're you're in a competition with yourself like i said on the, the gym episode because no matter how competitive you are, that's the only truth. Like the person in the mirror is the biggest mm-hmm. either detractor or, or cheerleader for your success. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And I mean, that was just really helpful to hear, honestly, just at the time I heard it, I was like, Oh yeah, that's true. I lifted more today than I did last time. So that was like awesome. A win, right? Yeah. So I have a set of questions called the fun five that I ask every guest. What's the oldest t-shirt you have and still wear? Which I have a t-shirt as old as you. So just. <laughs> <laughs> My oldest brother gave me a hand-me-down. It was when he was in middle school. So about 20 years. I still wear it. Nice. What kind of shirt is it? 
it's just like a huge baggy shirt that says shady. It was like, you know, <laughs> back in the day where, uh, you know, sh- shirts to your knees was a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those. I know. There's that whole weird thing where sometimes I'm seeing clothes and I go, okay, I know I'm not the same size I was 20 years ago. And this is big <laughs> on me now. So I don't know what was exactly. happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's like 6'2 and I'm not, I'm like 5'10. So big <laughs> on him is still big on me, even though he had it in middle school. It's just pretty sad. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So um, I don't know. Have you seen the film Groundhog's Day? No, I haven't. Okay. So Groundhog's Day. Bill Murray, right? Yeah, it's Bill Murray. Yeah. So there's a lot of gifs or memes about it. But basically Groundhog's Day, he's a reporter and he goes to report on Groundhog's Day. But Mm -hmm. in the movie, every night he goes to bed and he wakes up and it's the same day again. And it just happens every day. Yeah, it's horrible. And then so he'll like have some predictability about the day. So he'll be able to change what he does and certain cases but the song i got you babe by sunny and Cher would play every single morning if it was groundhog's day now and you had to wake up to the same song every day what song would you pick i'm gonna regret this decision but recently i've been into the how do you like me now by the heavy okay so i picked that one uh, okay but i know for a fact it's it's gonna get annoying quick all right coffee or tea or neither Oh, I'm actually drinking coffee right now, so definitely coffee. But tea on random days. Like, I like tea, but no, nah, coffee's an everyday thing, so for sure coffee. Do you take it a certain way? Yeah, sugar-free creamer. I'm trying to go black, but can't do it. I know. It. Yeah, you're not bitter enough yet. Just wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can you think of a time that you laughed so hard you, you like couldn't stop or you laughed so hard you cried or something that just kind of tears you up when you think mm-hmm. of it? Yeah, yeah. And it's not safe some- for sharing, <laughs> but um, there, there were, it was like times when we, there's this Arabic card game called Tarnib, which is similar to uh, spades. Okay. Where you and the person across the table are teammates and then the other two are teammates. So uh, we just, we could do that us four, me, my brother, and two of our closest friends. When we play that, we'll smoke some hookah and, and that's when I drink tea actually and play cards like all night. Some of the greatest nights ever have been just that simple game. Yeah. For like hours, just joking around, half playing the game, half just chilling and catching up and some crazy stories have happened. Yeah, but yeah. yeah okay. the, the, those the- nights are the best. Nice. All right, cool. So you could tell it, you just didn't have to go into detail. That's all. Yeah, I couldn't say what I was laughing at. but <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. All right. And who inspires you right now? Oh, man, right now. There's, there's a lot of people. Is that, How many can I name? You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. Fair. I think there's a few podcasting people who are really good and they've inspired me for a while. Um, Patrick Concioni was a big, I think, for for audience that was like similar to you and figure mm-hmm. out how to do corporate and how to do something outside of corporate and balance that. His books were awesome. And so I learned a lot from him. Um, Ryan Hawk had a, has a great podcast and, you know, I've, I've been able to talk to him once and learn a little bit about his journey. He's awesome. And uh, so he's cool. a, he's a mentor that I kind of follow every now and then. Um, Robert Leonard's is a guy who's, who hosts another podcast, Millennial Investing, who was mm-hmm. my age and left corporate, similar journey. Had him on the podcast and he was awesome. Uh, just a cool. guy in Boston who does real estate and podcasting and figure out a way to, to make it work for him. So I guess a lot of mentors, I could feel like I can learn one thing from anybody so like mm-hmm. i just always keep on the lookout and and try to just have everybody be a learning experience as weird as that sounds 
No, I well, I don't think so, but we're both talking to people, and so yeah, yeah, that's how it goes. I think, I think actually, just on that note, if you're not open to learning, you're not open to hearing mm-hmm. what someone's saying and and processing it, then that's like something to work on because I think you're right, you can. So yeah, I mean, there's a saying that's very popular. I can't remember it right now, but essentially, it's if your mouth is open, you're not hearing, and so you can't learn something like that. Mm-hmm. And so if people want to look you up or find you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, best way is probably whatever you're listening to this uh, podcast on. You can listen to Successful Millennials podcast on as well. And I'm most active in email at financezilla at Gmail or Instagram, which is financezilla. And that's really the three places, podcast, email, and Instagram. Awesome. Cool. Well, Sammy, it was really fun talking to you. Thanks for being on More Than Work. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks again for listening this week. You can find out more about the guest in the show notes and at RabiaSud.com. Joe Mafia created the music just for this podcast. Find him on Spotify. That's Joe, M-A-F-F-I-A. And Rob Metke is responsible for our visual design. You can find him online by searching for Rob, M-E-T-K-E. Thanks, Rob. Let me know who you'd like to hear from or about your own experiences defining yourself outside of work. Follow at More Than Work Pod or send a message on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Or visit our website, morethanworkpod.com. Give us a follow on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review if you like. Thanks for listening to More Than Work. While being kind to others, don't forget to be kind to yourself. Thank you.